Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Hey, it is uh, so good to have you with us. If this is your first time, as Jessica alluded, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Jose, I'm lead pastor here, and together with my wife Becky, our amazing staff, we get to do this Sunday after Sunday, and um, we're just so blessed to have you with us. I hope you would consider to come again and again and again and again, and if you don't have a place that you call your home church, we want to be it. We want to be it. We want to be your home church, Um, and we want to come around uh, I know Jessica said that we're a little weird sometimes with the hugging and the touching, and I hope that don't freak you out, but um, but it's it's just who we are. It's what we do. And speaking of that, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Uh, stand to your feet. Uh, leave your seat. Find someone. Give them a high five, a quick fist bump, elbows, quick, and then go back to your seat because I, I got some stuff to share. Quick, 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 quick. Quick, 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 quick. Quick. As you do that, have a seat, have a seat. You are welcome to move closer. The children have been dismissed, so there is space, there is room. Quickly. Um... At this time, at this time, where's George? Hey, George, please make sure I don't want anyone in the foyer. We are getting into the word and teens 13 and up should be in service. No one helping in the back. The teachers can do it. So I want all the teens out here. I want them listening to what we're going to be talking about. 13, you should be able to sit for another two hours and listen to me speak. (laughs) Everyone out here, everyone out here. So for those that are watching us, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are starting in July a new series. A new series. I don't want you to miss it. This is why I wanted the teens in service because I want the teens listening. So no teens should be helping any of the teachers. Uh, We could dismiss them out here, bring them out. No teens in any room. They should all be here. I want the teens listening, listening. I've spent, I spent eight Wednesdays with your teens. So I know what they're capable of listening to. All right, I know. So bring them all out. Oh, there you go. Hey, have a seat. There you go. All right, who else? So bring them all out. Drag them by the feet. I want everyone listening. Uh, there are times that I do messages of exhortation. There are times that I do messages where we chat, we have talks. Today I want to do a a message on doctrine, and that's what we're going to do um, for the entire month of July. And what I mean about doctrine is that it's the specific teaching of this church. What this helps you with is to learn what this church thinks about, all right, when it comes to the things of the Bible, All right, so listen carefully. I want you to write notes. Don't take my word for it. Just because I'm saying it doesn't make it right. So I want you to go home. I want you to read. Well, it should be right, right? Um, But I want you to go home and do your due diligence and read 
after what I say so that you can go, oh, okay, I see the point. I see the heartbeat. Are you ready to get into this? Everyone's ready? All right. So, Heavenly Father, I pray over our minds, over our hearts, that our spiritual ears may be receptive and open to these words. Lord, I pray that you lead the conversation. That, Lord, that your will is done in this place. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want us to imagine being someone's property. I I want us to imagine being someone's property. Someone's property without your consent. Having no rights to share your disdain or share your unwillingness to leave your country of origin, to leave your parents, to leave your family, leave friends and life as you know it. You are now and for the rest of your life just someone's property in a foreign land. Your sole existence in life is to work, is to serve a master, to entertain all of his or her requests, no matter how gruesome, humiliating, and or unfair. In the world, you have no purpose of your own. In the world, you have no voice of your own. Every decision is always made on your behalf. This was the reality in our country for an estimated six to seven million Africans. And that number keeps rising as more and more information is discovered and revealed. In fact, the delayed Emancipation Proclamation reaching the African slaves in Gavelston, Texas, two years after its initial issuance, it holds immense significance, even in our time today, in our nation's history, You know, this historic event known as Juneteenth, and I know that we're in July. Pastor, what are you doing? I'm trying to connect everything on what we're going to be talking about in the month of July. But this not only represents the final realization of freedom for those that have been enslaved, but also serves as a stark reminder of the enduring legacy of slavery and the struggles of equality faced by our African brothers and sisters, now African-Americans. For a Confederate community in Galveston, Texas, news of this emancipation or being free didn't reach them until after two years after the president, Abraham Lincoln, made this proclamation in 1863. And for this community of African-Americans, freedom was theirs for two years, but no news of their freedom had been disclosed to them. It had been deliberate. It was kept from these now free men, now free women. So for two years, being free, free men, free women, free children, they still lived as slaves because the information had been kept from them. Enslaved Africans, now American citizens in Galveston, Texas, 
They experience mixed emotions, ranging from jubilation to disbelief. They, they embrace this newfound liberation with a renewed sense of hope, but also asserting their rights and seeking to be reunited with families if they could even find them. In our country on June 19th, we observe this date as Juneteenth, a time to reflect, a time to remember the profound impact of slavery on the American fabric. Highlighting also the injustices, the profound resilience of this community that had to wait for their freedom. Even after it had been granted to others, this time stands as a powerful symbol of the ongoing fight for civil rights. This is a call for us to reflect and progress towards achieving true equality in our country. This is, this, is a, this is as horrific of a history for a people that one can imagine. Why bring this up? John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. This is why I want kids listening, college kids listening. I want us listening. For those that have been to other churches and, and, and you've experienced other movements and have had other experiences i just want you to please be patient and follow me jesus said who said jesus. who said jesus. these are not the words of a pastor these are not the words of a denomination these are the very words of jesus. and jesus said to the people who believed in him who is he speaking to He's speaking to a, there's a specific people he's speaking to. That means that there's a specific people this isn't for. Are you getting that? Yes. I'm giving you some basics here. He said, you are truly my disciples if you remain. Come on. If you remain. To what? To what? To my teachings. Whose teachings? Jesus. Not a pastor, not an apostle, not an evangelist, not a, are you following? Not a prophet. Whose teachings do we follow that makes us his disciples? And you will know the truth and the truth will set you will set you will set you now you got to follow close with me right you got to follow close with me these are the teachings of who jesus and if we follow and we remain in those teachings what happens to us then we will become what not just free but truly free but this is a this is a debate that he was having. Jesus was having with teachers of the law. That we are descendants of Abraham. They're pulling their clout. They're throwing their, their pedigree. We are descendants of Abraham. They said, we have never been slaves to anyone. They forgot that they had been in Egypt for 400. They forgot about that. But we have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will set 
you will be set free. What do you, what do you mean by that? Next. Jesus replied, I tell you the what? I tell you the what? So who speaks truth? And the reason we read scripture is so that we understand the words of Jesus so that when we read the words of Jesus, we know that what we're reading is truth. That's what we're reading. We're reading truth. Pastors don't speak truth. We, we echo the truth that we read and that we learn, but we don't speak truth. Jesus speaks truth because Jesus is truth. All right? And he says, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. As a slave is not a permanent member of, a, of the family, but a son is part of the family, but a son is a what? You are not called to be a member in a church. You are called to be a child of your heavenly father. Amen. Are you getting that? Yes. Okay. Thank you for the whistle. <laughs> so if the son, who's the son? Jesus. Jesus. Sets you free and you are truly free. So I want to kick off this series this month called Freedom in His Love. Freedom in His Love. We're going to sing songs of freedom. We're going to sing about being free. I want that to be part of our vocabulary. Understanding the difference between being free and being religious. In this series, I want us to learn to navigate the perks and the benefits as well as the responsibilities of our freedom in Jesus. The definition of freedom is the power or the right to act, to speak, to think as one wants without hindrance or, res or restraint. Are you paying attention to that? It is very possible to be spiritually enslaved while spiritually being legally free. Let me say that one more time. It is possible to spiritually be enslaved while spiritually being legally free. It was Fre uh, Frederick Douglass, the abolitionist and the reformer, who said, knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. If you have knowledge, you can't be a slave. Are, are you? Because you can restrain a body from doing what it truly wants. You could even muscle, you could muzzle a, a mouth from saying what it truly wants. But the moment the slave resolves that he or she will no longer be a slave, then his fetters fall, the chains fall, and slavery, both are mental states. These are the words of Mahatma Gandhi. He said that the moment that slave resolves that he or she will no longer be a slave, from the moment, from the moment they resolve that he or she will no longer be a slave, his fetters, the chains, they fall off. Freedom and slavery are both mental states. 
You choose whether you want to be free. You choose whether you want to remain a slave. And as we begin our chat this month, I want us to look at a scenario that the Apostle Paul was dealing with in one of the many churches that he planted under his leadership. The Galatian church was an early Christian community that was established in the region of Galatia. Galatia is now modern-day Turkey. And the Apostle Paul, he wanted to address theology. There was theological controversies that were happening in this church as a result of what he refers to false teachers. False teachers. And I'm going to tell you, how do you define a false teacher? Anything that doesn't point to the cross is false. Let me say that again. Anything that doesn't point to the cross is false. And he wanted to encourage the believers to embrace salvation by faith. By what? By what? By what? Faith. He wanted them to live in their freedom in Jesus Christ rather than relying on the adherence of a Mosaic law. What is the Mosaic law? It's the traditional law that was given by God to Moses and the people of Israel while they were living in the wilderness. Galatians chapter 5, verse 5. Now listen carefully because I want you to remember these words. And I'm, I'm, this is a slippery slope here. I'm, I'm being very careful because this is online. And I know, I know, but I know that I know. And what I'm about to say is going to make a few people uncomfortable. But the Bible isn't a substitute for the spirit. The Bible isn't a substitute for the spirit. The Bible complements the things of the spirit. They go hand in hand. You can't separate the Bible from the spirit. Why do I say that? Let's read Galatians. But we who live by the Bible. Two people got that. But we who live by the Bible. There's so many people that are biblical, but they're not spiritual. But we who live by the. By the. By the. By the Jesus dies on the cross to give you the spirit, the comforter, the advocate. He didn't die to give you a Bible. I know that makes some people uncomfortable. But we who live by the eagerly wait to receive by faith. The righteousness God has promised to us. Who gives you, pro who gives you righteousness? You will never be able to earn it with your own merit, with your own work. Nothing that you could ever do in your life to earn righteousness. Righteousness is given by God as his promise. Next. For when we place our faith not in the church, not in a Bible, not in a, not, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say, uh, not in a pastor, 
Not in a man, not in a woman of God, not in a prophet of God. But when we place our faith in, 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 in Christ. Listen, I, I appreciate you loving me as, 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 a, as a pastor. I appreciate you respecting me. I appreciate you honoring me. I, I appreciate that. You want to take me to dinner? I appreciate that too. I, I appreciate it, but make sure you do dinner that's two of us because I'm married. I appreciate those things, but I didn't die for you. So I can't point you into the direction, and I can't point you into the direction of what you need. Why? Because Jesus settled it. So, so we put our faith, we place our faith in Christ Jesus. There is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. And I know David is already cringing already. We had this talk about circumcision. Last time we talked, I was a little graphic, so I'm going to leave a lot of the details out. This whole new generation, you know, they, maybe you should leave that out. But he has a son now. What? He goes, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is, what is, what is, man, you got to read it for yourself. What is, is, highlight it, write it, go home, read it. Why? Because we waste our times and non-essential matters that have nothing to do with your love being expressed. Continue. And then, and he's so disappointed. Paul is disappointed as he writes this letter to this church. He's disappointed. He says, you were running the race so well. Oh man, you were just doing so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? Go. It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who called you to what? Freedom. What did God call you to? Freedom. Freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast. Those that bake, right? Make cakes and stuff. And bread. A little bit of yeast does what it inflates. It makes the dough rise. He said it spreads through the whole batch of dough. What is he saying? It's like a cancer. It's, it's toxic. Go. He said, I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teaching. God will judge that person, whoever he or she is, who has been confusing you. Pay attention to what you're listening to, to what you accept as truth. Continue. Dear brothers and sisters, who is he speaking to? Men? He's speaking to men? Speaking to men and women. Brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, and why am I still being persecuted? Why? Because I'm not preaching traditions. I'm preaching something new. 
What is he preaching? If I were no longer preaching, if I were no longer preaching, through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. Again, next. That was it. I thought I gave you some more. Okay, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. It's me. I got excited. And Adrian did a whole hour of concert worship. I prepared for the word. So y'all gonna y'all gonna get it. That was page page page. I'm on page seven of seventeen. Here's the crux of the dilemma for this church. There's a dilemma. See, they're looking to follow the traditions in the Jewish laws. And they're, they're saying that if, I, if, if, we, if you're circumcised, then that makes you saved. If you're not circumcised, then you're not saved because you're not practicing this. See, in Jewish tradition, circumcision holds significant religious value as it represented the, the covenant between God and the Jewish people based on on the promise that God made to Abraham. But Paul is planting these churches predominantly in non-Jewish communities. And these non-Jewish Christians are called Gentiles. Somebody say Gentiles. Gentiles. Crystal. Say it. Gentiles. All right. Sit, sit down. You Gentile. You Gentile. You Puerto Rican Gentile. But a Gentile was a non a non-Jewish person. So these Gentiles, they don't know a thing about the laws of Moses because they didn't have to go through a wilderness. They didn't have, they weren't, they weren't uh, 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 captives uh, in Egypt. They're just now receiving this new information, this new teaching. And Paul didn't live full time with these non-Jewish Christians. So he had to d- depend on Pastors that he established, elders, deacons, to manage the churches in his absence. They relied on these letters. What you're reading right now, what you're reading in, in, in your, whether it's a tablet or a phone, it's, it's a letter that Paul was writing. And then, and then he would then send these letters and he would send them by email. Nah. Someone had to physically take this, take it to the churches. When Paul is in present, then other Jewish teachers would come to infiltrate the new churches and impose Jewish traditions, the Mosaic law, to the non-Jewish Christians. And Paul was adamant. What was he adamant about? What was he adamant about? That salvation came to us all through Christ Jesus on the cross. That is the teaching. That is what he was being persecuted for. Now listen, folk, and I want you to listen to me good. Listen good. Don't listen well. I want you to listen to me good. Anything and everything outside of Christ Jesus on the cross is a false teaching. Anything and everything outside of Jesus 
on the cross and what happened on the cross, why it happened, it's a false teaching. Because I want you to listen to this line and listen to this line very, very closely because this is, this is what rocks us. It's what rocked our teens. I was talking to our teens and in one of the, one of the days I, I said this and one of, the, one of the kids had a lot to say to me. Even after the class, he had a lot to email me about. Yeah, and, the, and the problem is, guys, you, you, we are living in a, we're living in a time of information. And inf- information that comes from places of influence over mom and dad. And, and no longer can mom and dad even keep up with the amount of information kids are receiving. Sometimes because... Let me stop. But your salvation isn't hinged on the good you do or the bad you don't do. Let me say that again. Your salvation isn't hinged on the good you do or the bad you don't do. Uh-oh. Now the kids are listening because they're going, oh, so I could be bad. This is what I want us to learn. Why? There's a difference between serving God freely and serving God in captivity. When Jesus gives the parable of two sons, there is one son who is away and there is one son who's in the backyard working. They both come in. They both have all of the benefits. One son had repentance. One son received grace. The other one is over here demanding why he had never received what the father is saying. It's always been yours. And Jesus spoke these words. These are the words of Jesus. I want us to read this verse in scripture. And I want us to purposely read slow. How do I want us to read? Slow. How do I want us to read? Slow. slow. We're going to read slow. So everybody pause. Zai, you can have a seat. You have a seat after you finish. Yep. We're going to read slow. It is, see, it is very important because we get distracted. And, and this is what church is about. We come to church not to get a tickle in your hip and a tickle in your backbone and say, man, that service was good. Man, you, you, you got you to gotta take away some life-changing stuff with you. That's what church is about. And, and out of Ephesians chapter 2, Listen to this. I want us to read this slow. And I want you to read with me. The first word. God God saved you by his grace. Who saved you? How did he save you? When? When? When you believe. And you can't take credit for this. Stop. I read a hundred chapters of the Bible. I fasted 40 days. I speak tongues. I prophesy. Zaya shout. You can't take credit for this. Why? It is a gift from God. 
if you don't get this, if you don't get this, you could go through your whole life as a Christian thinking that you have to do all this stuff, that you got to be in all of this stuff, that you, are you following me? God is saying, my child, my son, I've given this to you as a gift. Next. Stop. Do you remember what I said? It has nothing to do with you being good or bad. Why? Because salvation salvation is for those that have dogs and love dogs or dog animal, dog owners, you got little treats. And when you tell your dog to sit, then you give them a reward because it said it obeyed you. Well, salvation isn't a treat. Salvation is a gift that's been given to you. Wow. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So that means your mama can't boast about it. Your daddy can't boast about it. Your uncle can't boast about it. The auntie can't boast about it. Granny can't boast about it. Granddaddy can't, they can't boast about it. It's a gift. It's a gift to them like it's a gift to you. For we are, what are you? You're not an accident. You're not an oops. You're, 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 not, you're not as a result of two people having a flame. Regardless of what and how the circumstances of why and when you were born, you have purpose and God says you are a masterpiece. A masterpiece. He has created us New in where are you? Where are you in Christ Jesus? So we can do the good things He's planned for us long ago. Are you following that? So if salvation is not a reward for good, then salvation as a gift can't be taken away. When we do bad. (laughs) Say what? Did you just? Yeah, I said that. One of my kids was blown away on a Wednesday night when I told him, you can never stop being your father's son. No matter how good or how bad you are, you're his son to the day you die or he dies. You'll always be a son. No matter how good or bad you are, you're always a son. Why? Blood. Why? Blood. In our talks on Wednesday nights, we talked about the bloody mess of the cross, the bloody mess of the sacrifice. Now, I feel sorry for the kids who missed it and didn't have this time to get this. But salvation is a gift. It can't be taken away from you. And this is where our freedom, somebody say freedom. This is where freedom in life as a Christian, a follower of Jesus' teachings, is taken from us as Christians when we are subjugated and controlled and manipulated by men and women and religious systems that keep us from this truth. 
about our Heavenly Father's love. Does this mean that I can now live a life of sin? No. It doesn't mean that at all. Number, let's go to the next verse, 12. Verse 12. I know I had it. Okay. Now this is, this is Paul in his letter. And he's writing about, they were making these non-Jewish people get circumcised. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, man, but it, it's a little different when you're a baby of eight days versus you an, an adult of 56 years old. All right. Okay. I'm not going to get more details. Where he goes. He goes. Listen to, what Paul, listen to what Paul says. He said, I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would. That's Paul speaking. Paul's no punk. No punk. Does it mean that we can live freely to sin? No. Romans 8, verse 38. Paul said this. I am convinced that 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 what does nothing mean? I'm sorry, what does nothing mean? David, what does nothing mean, David? Huh? What, but now nah, I said it. I didn't say to echo it. What does it mean? No exception. No exception. What does it mean? Nothing. Of absence of anything. Absence of anything. She, she, you went all technical. It's an Huh? She got a teacher there. I'm sorry, Brian. You got to live with <laughs> But nothing can ever separate us. From God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. And I could go, I could go a long time with the with the demon stuff. Cause because some of you guys are so involved with the spiritual realm and the spiritual warfare. And you guys forget, you guys forget that there is no name higher than the name of Jesus. Higher. Something was tormenting me. There was a pillow moving. There was a chair that was rocking by itself. There is no name higher than the name of Jesus. Stop it. Take a Tylenol and go to bed. Neither are fears for today. Neither for today. People freaking out. There is smoke coming from Canada. Today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of, not even the powers of. Do you understand how indestructible you are because of the name that you proclaim? Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Man, you should praise him for his love. So, so then, Pastor, you still didn't answer this over and over. So then, can we sin? No. But, as a pastor and a spiritual leader, that you, you have chosen 
to come under because you also have the authority to replace me anytime you want. And I want that to be always in your hearts and in your mind. I am a pastor as long as you decide that I'm your pastor. Why? Because then you decide, hey man, I'm done with you. I'm going somewhere else. You see how that works? I'm not the one that releases you and give you permission to move on with what God has called you to do. It's craziness. Thank you. But I, I, I have the obligation and the responsibility to teach you these truths. And as we wrap up, 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My dear children, this is, this is the beloved disciple of Jesus. I'm writing this to you so that you will not But, listen to what he says. He says, but, if anyone doesn't, stop there. Are you, are you getting this? Because you have to understand the purpose of the cross, the value of the cross, the value of the sacrifice, the value of the bloodshed. He says, that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we... What's an advocate? Huh? I have a lawyer, someone representing me. He says, if anyone does sin, I have news for you. Yesterday you may have not sinned. Today you might sin. Tomorrow you're probably going to sin or maybe on and on. I don't know. But, but we're not sinless. None of us are. I'm not. I know, I know George is in my goodness as a sinner right there. <laughs> but if we sin, we have an advocate who what? He pleads our case before the Father. See, Father doesn't understand, the, the, the Heavenly Father doesn't understand the matters of sin. That's why he sent Jesus. Jesus understands the matter of sin. Sin was upon him. Though sin was upon him, he was sinless. He was perfect. And he took all those sins and he takes it to the cross. So this is why there is this conversation with the one who understands sin, with the one who doesn't understand sin, because he's perfect and sovereign and divine. And in this conversation, hold on, go back, go back. Anyone who does it, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. Okay, now? He is? Jesus Christ. He is what? Jesus Christ. The one who is? Truly righteous. Whew, go. He himself is the sacrifice that atones. Atones means that it covers. It covers. What does it cover? Kami! Kami, say it out loud. You were, you were the loudest in the class. Or what? But what do you need to be covered from? The beginning in Genesis, what did they need to be covered from? No, what was it? Kami. The exposure of sin, which is nakedness, 
of what you truly are. And the blood of Christ covers those things. So when you sin, and you will sin sometime, maybe you are on a perfect streak. <laughs> but sin is coming. It's going to get you. It's going to get you. Well, see, when sin presents itself in your life, God doesn't see, the Heavenly Father doesn't see your sin. He sees his son's blood. And because he sees his son's blood, then he sees son. He sees relationship. He sees my child. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. At this moment, I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Has this helped anybody? Has this helped anybody? You got to come back next week and get the get it. Uh, you got to get the you got to come back for part two, three, and four. All right, you got to come back. And and the reason you got to come back is because we're going to be building on this. I want your singing on a Sunday to be different because you understand about the freedom and the cost of that freedom. That you are no longer a slave; you are a child. Of your heavenly father. That is good news. That is good news. So then what do I have to do. To take this next step. Then to be saved. What do I have to do. Well according to Romans chapter 10. Verses 9 through 12. If you confess. If you confess with your mouth. That Jesus is Lord. And you believe. And you believe. And you believe in your heart. That God raised him from the dead. Then you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It happens, made right with God happens where? In the heart. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Anyone who trusts, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew or Gentile are the same in disrespect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all call on him so with your eyes closed and those that are watching us online eyes closed and those that are watching us online just repeat this simple prayer with me listen to this as you're repeating this prayer this is not about a this is not this is not about a ritual that when you say this no this is about you meaning what you're about to say so I want all eyes closed. And if you've ever prayed this prayer before, wonderful. You're just praying it again to support the person next to you that may have never prayed this before. But I want all eyes closed and I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father. Come on. Heavenly Father. I come before you. Because today I have learned that I am a sinner. That I will sin. And I have sinned. But it is by way of the cross. Jesus is my Savior. Is my Savior. My rescuer. My advocate. My healer. Jesus is the answer to the void in my heart. From this day on, I ask Jesus to take a seat in my heart. And to guide my life forevermore. From this day on, I declare that Jesus is my Lord, is my master. 
Heavenly Father, I am your child. I am your child. I am your child. Somebody just worship. Somebody just worship. Somebody just worship. Come on, somebody just worship. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.